And I would like for you to turn to the book of John, St. John's. Amen. Again, it's good to have everyone in the house of the Lord. Good to be with you. Hallelujah. Yesterday, we had the great privilege of dedicating my good friend's church building. And um, just thank God for everything that transpired there. Um, it's, a, it's, it's a great blessing to, as we know here at Christ Center Church, to start a church and be able to purchase your own building in less than five years in starting that church. And uh, Brother and Sister White started Refuge Apostolic Church in North New Jersey, 444 Avon Avenue. And uh, they were fortunate enough and blessed enough to purchase their own church building. And um, they dedicated that church building yesterday um, to the Lord. And uh, we celebrated that um, dedication. And we're so glad for them. And uh, we were fortunate enough um, to reach out. It's been a year and a half into working. We reach out to our general superintendent of the United Pentecostal Church International, um, Bishop David K. Bernard. And we asked if he would do the dedication. Um, he accepted. And so yesterday he came. And um, it was just such a blessing to be with him. He was the speaker for the dedication. And we dedicated that building unto the Lord. After the dedication, we were blessed enough to have lunch with him. And I uh, spoke about some things with the pastors and their wives as well. And so we thank God for that. And um, Know, God is making an investment in us. <laughs> God is making an investment in us. And if anybody know anything about investment, the question is, uh, why do you invest? Why do anyone invest? You don't invest and just say, I'm just investing, but I don't really care. I'm just investing to just walk away from my investment. And so God is investing in all of us. I know God has invested a lot in me, and one of my prayer and one of my challenge within my own self is I cry every time I think about it, am I doing everything that I'm supposed to do for what God has invested in me? That's how I look at it. So I say, God, with everything you've invested in me, am I doing everything with it? Do I need to do more? And so I pray and ask God about that all the time. Because God has made a great investment in all of us. And I will say to Christ Center Church, just by you being in this church, you've heard me said this. God, every church that God establishes has a culture and a personality that is uh, singular to that church, to that congregation. Every church that God establishes has a culture, an identity within that church that is singular to that church only. It's like individuals. Don't we all say we have our own DNA? Churches have their own DNA. And so why does God do that? Because every one of us have certain kind of personality trait. We all have certain kind of um, experiences that we've had in life. And so God always fits you within the body that that he knows is best for you. He knows that that body, it's best for you. And so he fits you there because of who you are, because of all your experiences in life. And then that church has this DNA that he says, that's where I want you. And he fits you right into that church. 
And so there is no church like this church, just like you will go to another church. There is no church like that church. So all churches have their own DNA. And what I will say about the DNA of this church is God, if you stick with this congregation, what God wants to do in you and through you is he wants to use you to influence others. I'm just telling you what the DNA is. The DNA is you're going to be used to influence others. God has a special touch on your life of influence. That's what this church is about. Why? Because that's what he did with my life. So whatever he did in me, when he called me to start this, that's what he's going to do with you. That's that's the DNA of this church. (laughs) So whether you believe you have influence or not, You do. Just from the mere fact of you being a part of this church, you have influence. That's what God brought you here for because he's saying you've got influence. I I can use you to influence people in a way that I can't use everybody to do that. You are an influencer. And so I made you a part of the church that I call to influence in a certain way. The influences that God has brought into my life, the things that God has allowed me to to experience, to me, it's a deposit. It's an investment that he's made in me. And sometimes it's scary um, because I, I just know where I came from. We are in the northeast in this country. This is the least churched area of the United States and the most populated area of the United States. Then on top of that, we are the, we are the furthest away from what they like to call the Bible belt. So when you go to Texas and the Midwest and you go South and even in California, churches and, and Christianity is a lot more, it's taking place in those places more frequently than in the Northeast. The Northeast has always been the most challenging area to what they call evangelize, to influence with the Word of God, the Northeast, hardest place. If you're not from here and you try to come here and do something with uh, uh, starting church, it becomes very difficult. It becomes very difficult because it's not easy. This is the hardest place in all of the United States of America, probably I would say probably in North America, to really uh, reach people for Jesus Christ. So when God called you to this church, he called you because you're going to influence people to know about him. Somebody say thank you, Jesus. That's, that's, That's a main part of why you're a part of this church. That's what he called you to do. And so don't make light of it. Don't get worried about it. Just understand now that's what it's all about. And because that's what it's about, you need to do something with it. Amen. John chapter 14, verse number 15 through 17 says, If you love me, keep my commandments. That's what Jesus says. If you love me, Keep my commandments. If we love someone, 
we try to make them happy. Whatever that takes, there is no rules to that. What do I say? Heard this a long time ago. Where there is no love, there's a lot of rules. Where there is love, there are no rules. If you love Jesus, you will not balk at the things that he wants to do because you want to do them because you love him. But people that like to say, that's constraint in my life. I can't live for God because of this or that. I'm just going to do it the way I want. That's because if you love me, I'm not complaining about anything God wants. If it's too hard, I say to him, God, that's a challenge because of my sinful ways, but I'm going to pray that you're going to help me. You follow what I'm saying? God is going to challenge all of us. None of us are superior to the word of God. All of us are challenged by his word. And so when he says it, the bottom line is the preacher, the evangelist, the saints, whoever you are, you look at it and say, Woo, woo, that one is pretty tough. And there's nothing wrong with that, but you just say, God, help me, Lord, to obey those things, to submit to your will, because I understand that if I love you, I will keep your commandments, and your commandments will not be grievous to me. Oh, that's just too much. When you say that, just say, God, help me to love you more. (laughs) You, You ever notice you can see when you are dealing with people that when people love you, they don't even think about it. You, they need to, you, you, the people that loves you, nothing is ever too hard for them to do for you. <laughs> Y'all getting quiet on me now. <laughs> if someone always got an issue in doing something for you, just keep it to yourself. You know what the story is. Just keep it to yourself. Nothing you can do about it because love is not something that you can force. Love is something that people have to choose to do on their own. So you can't be mad if they don't love you. That's their choice that they don't want to love you. (laughs) They decide that I don't want to love you. And you can't be mad. You just got to pray for them. Why you got to pray for them? Because God says, oh, no man, nothing except to love him or her. So if they're not loving you, guess who they're really having a problem with? Oh, come on and help me. You see how God has made this thing just, he connect everything like that? So you know if they're not loving you, they've got, a, they've got a little bit of issue with the one that created love. And so you just pray that they connect with him and they get to know him so they can love him. And when they love him, they will love you. So just wait till they love him. And remember, you come after him. So if you come after him, the bottom line is, if they don't love him, you've got a little bit to wait on. Don't get mad. Don't get, we just, we just got to understand it's people, and that's just the way it is. Don't get mad at people. We all have a lot of things we're working through to try to get to where we got to get to. So just, just understand it. When you see certain things, understand, you know, we all have some struggles. And we're all trying to get closer to Jesus so we can be more like him. And when we become like him, then we will be able to demonstrate the things that he says we need to demonstrate. If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. 
even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall. That word shall means not yet. And shall be in. So he's telling you shall, but it didn't happen yet. Jump down to verse 26, St. John chapter 14 says, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, Oh, help us today. Jesus, you're already in this place. I'm so enthralled and in awe of you. I thank you, Lord, for your presence. I thank you, Lord, for your power. I thank you, Lord, for the gift of the Holy Ghost. And today, Almighty God, before we leave this place, uh, allow us to experience your spirit. uh, Allow us to experience your power. Allow us to experience your strength. uh, Allow us to experience deliverance. uh, Allow us to experience salvation. uh, That God, this place, uh, oh God, will be filled. uh, Oh God, with the power and the glory of God. uh, That the Holy Ghost will fill this place. uh, And we will have an upper room experience. uh, And that God, we know you're no respect of persons. If you gave it to Peter and John, if you gave it to those people in the upper room, you will give it today. And oh God, I pray that somebody in this place that have not experienced the Holy Ghost in a long time will experience you today. That Lord, the power from on high will move and stir and empower and change every person in this place. Lord, I'm begging you don't let us leave uh, the same way uh, we came in. Uh, Lord, you know our needs. uh, And today by faith, uh, we activate, uh, oh God, our faith uh, that the need will be met. uh, That the need will be met. uh, It's not by might uh, nor by power, but it's by your spirit, uh, saith the Lord God Almighty. Now, Lord, uh, we love you and honor you. uh, We praise you and lift up your name, uh, for you alone are worthy. Uh, Will you hear our petition? Uh, Will you hear our cry? Uh, Will you hear our prayers today and answer us? For these things we pray and ask in the name of Jesus Christ. Can somebody give him some praise? Jesus, in the name of Jesus, hallelujah. Give the Lord one more hand clap of praise. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. We've entitled the message today, The Promise of the Holy Ghost. 
the promise of the Holy Ghost. The promise of the Holy Ghost. I can't say that enough. The promise of the Holy Ghost. I feel the boldness and the power and the Spirit of God that's going to help you today. The promise of the Holy Ghost. Somebody say the promise of the Holy Ghost. Oh, somebody, you got to believe it today. Oh, my God, help us today. There are four classes of promises mentioned in the scripture. Those relating to the Messiah, that's one. Those relating to the church, that's two. Those relating to the Gentiles, that's three. And those relating to Israel, the nation, four. Those are four uh, classes of promises that God has made in the scriptures. So in the word of God, you will see God making promises about the Messiah, making promises about the church, making promises uh, relating to the Gentiles, meaning non-Jews, and promises relating to Israel as a nation. Today, we will deal with the most important promise God made to the church. The most important promise God made to the church. That is the promise of the Holy Ghost. What does promise mean? The word promise is a solemn pledge to perform or grant a specific thing. God did not have to promise anything to sinful mankind. But the fact that Almost all biblical promises are those made by God to man indicates that his nature is characterized chiefly by grace and faithfulness. God is gracious and God is faithful. Why is that so important? Because when God make a promise to us, oh, it doesn't matter what you do. Because he made a promise to us, he is gracious enough to say, no matter what, I made the promise. And he's faithful enough to say, no matter what, I got to fulfill what I promise. We as people might make promises. And when we make promises, we begin to base it off of the action of the individual we made a promise to. Uh, I'll do this for you. Uh, but but we see them doing certain things and we start saying, I'm not for that, so I'm not doing what I said. Uh, not our God. Uh, our God says, if I made a promise to you uh, and, 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 and you might do things that I'm not approving, but if I made a promise to you, I'm still going to fulfill my promise. Uh, I don't know about you, but I want to be like Jesus. Uh, that no matter what the actions of individuals are. If I made a promise to you, I want to keep that promise. I want to be faithful enough and gracious enough. That word grace is important there because what it means is you can overlook the mistakes. You can overlook the fault of the individual that you made a promise to to say, hey, I made you a promise and because I do, I did, I'm going to fulfill that promise. I will be faithful enough to fulfill that promise. You made a mistake here. You did wrong there. I didn't appreciate that. But because I made you a promise and because I'm striving to be like Jesus, I'm going to be faithful enough and gracious enough to say I will fulfill my promise. I'm not going to take that away from you. My word is my bond. If I say something, I mean it. If I say I'm going to do it, I want to be like Jesus to do it. I don't want to hold back and base what I'm going to do for you off of your actions. Because if God had to base his faithfulness off of my action, I will get nothing. 
nothing. Promise of the Holy Ghost. Jesus promised he will send his spirit. And we can even trace that promise from back in the Old Testament. Jesus promised he will send another comforter. When you read the scripture, if you read it carefully, as I've been saying lately, we need to read closely. When he said in in, in the same St. John's chapter 14, verse number 16, he shall give you another comforter. And so he says another one. And so if there's, there, there's another comforter, then it must mean there, there, there had to have been a, a comforter prior to the one that he will send. He says, I give you another comforter. Sometimes we read the scriptures and, and it challenges us so much that we kind of overlook it when we can't figure it out. And that's all right sometimes because you're trying to study it out. You're trying to figure it out. So sometimes you read something and, say, ah, and you don't understand it. But he, he clearly says, I will give you another comforter. So it means that there was a comforter prior. And so we have to ask ourselves, uh, what was that comforter prior to the comforter that he would send? Uh, what was that comforter that was present uh, that now he says, I have to send you another comforter. I'm here to tell you the first comforter was God manifest in flesh. His name is Jesus. Jesus was the first comforter to all mankind. And so when the winds and the seas, when the storm came and Jesus was on board, he said, peace be still. And so Jesus was the first comforter. He brought peace. The Bible says he is the prince of peace. When Jesus came on the scene and there were people that needed to be healed, Jesus touched them and they were healed. Oh yes, Jesus was the first comforter. Jesus came on the scene and he comforted the old everybody. When the dead was in the tomb, he says, Lazarus, come forth. Oh, help me somebody today. When the dead was buried, Jesus still called them forth. When Martha and Mary cried and said, our brother Lazarus is dead, Jesus says, don't worry about it because he will rise. When Jesus walked this earth. He was a comforter because wherever he went, he was able to tell people, don't you worry. He was able to tell people, I will take care of it. He brought comfort to everybody while he walked this earth. Our first comforter, Jesus Christ. We ought to thank God for him. We ought to thank God that Jesus walked this earth. He comforted us. He let us know that it's going to be all right. He let us know it's going to be all right. I got to tell you again, because I want to get this through. Everywhere I go, I find out, find myself saying it. I said it yesterday, that God don't respond to need. God responds to faith. Please, church, remember that. Why is that so important? Because many people have need and they're praying with no faith for God to meet their need. And God is saying, I can't change who I am. I respond to faith. And so if you have the need, that's cool. But until you begin to reach out to me in faith, then your need will still be a need. Oh, somebody help me. 
this is the ways of God. How can you prove that, preacher? There's a lot of people sick right now all over the world. A lot of people that's crying out, heal me, Lord, heal me, Lord. A lot of people that are starving. Lord, we need food. A lot of things are going on. Yes, a lot of it is sin, but some of it has not been taken care of because no faith. Nobody is trusting God. Nobody is calling on the one who can do what needs to be done. Nobody is saying, I don't care what. I know Jesus is my provider. I know Jesus is my healer. I know Jesus is my deliverer. I know Jesus is my restorer. When are we going to stand and say, God, I trust you. Though they slay me, yet will I trust you. I don't care what anybody may say. For God I live and for God I die. It doesn't matter what the circumstances look like. It doesn't matter what I'm going through. It doesn't matter what anybody else say. God, I know you're a healer. God, I know you are a deliverer. God, I know you are a redeemer. You're a restorer. God, I know you went to the cross. You didn't go to the cross for no reason. You didn't go to the cross just for show. But you went to the cross, Lord. So I and everybody else can have salvation, can have eternal life, can be healed, can can be delivered, can be saved, can be restored, can be made whole, can be provided for. I believe God and I will trust God. I will go in the ground saying I trust God. I don't care what anybody will think. I don't care what they say. I know Job did it. No, they slay me yet will I trust him. I will trust in the Lord with all my heart and I will not worry about what anybody will say. Oh my God. Somebody said when Job when 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 they tell Job you might as well curse God and die. Job says, naked I came into this world, and naked I will go out of this world. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. The Lord give it, and the Lord take it away. I don't care how much I become poor, and how little I will have. I don't care what kind of sickness I will go through. I don't care what I will go through. Naked I came into this world. Naked I will go out. I came in this world with nothing. I will leave this world with nothing. And so it doesn't matter what I'm going going through. It was God that gave me life anyhow. It was God that gave me breath anyhow. It was God that gave me health anyhow. So it doesn't matter. You can say, oh, he's struggling. He's having a hard time. What kind of God is he serving? Well, I'm here to tell you, for God I live. For God I die. Naked I came in. Naked I go out. Naked! Hey, I had nothing! And I leave this place with nothing. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of Jesus. We can't serve God for material things. We can't serve God for blessings. We gotta serve God for who He is. We gotta serve God for who He is and not for what He can do. Why, why you think, why you think Job went through what he went through? Job went through what he went through because the devil says, let me paraphrase so we can understand it clearly. Job only serving you because of all the stuff you blessed him with. That's, that's why this whole thing we read about Job. Because the devil decided, man, God, ain't nobody messing with you. You only got them people serving you. You only got them people going to the firehouse. All because you blessing them. 
All because you're providing for them. Look at them praying. They're only doing that because you do all the stuff you do for them. Stop doing for them and see what they do. That's what he did. That's what he said to God. Stop doing it and see what happened. And God says, oh, that's what you think? That they only do it because? So he says, here's what I'm going to do, devil. You can't take Job's life because I got all life in my hand. Nobody can take nobody's life except for if I allow it. So I'm going to put my hedge around him so you can't take his life. But as far as everything else, do whatever you want. Woo! And he did everything he could. He did everything he could. And Job said, naked I came in this world, naked I will go out. The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Oh, somebody help me. We got to pray that we can get to that place. We don't know what the future holds. We don't know if there's coming a day in this fine nation where we got to hide and worship, where we got to hide and praise God, where we got to hide and have church. We don't know if that will ever come, but I'm telling you, we better prepare ourselves that if it ever come, I will say for God I live and for God I die. It doesn't matter what I go through. It doesn't matter what I got to deal with. Naked I came in. Naked I'm going out. I will trust the Lord. I'm not serving God for blessings. I'm not serving God for what he can do. I'm serving God because I came to find out who he is. I'm serving God because I know him and I want a relationship with him. I'm serving God because I want a relationship with him. Listen, when you have a good relationship with someone... It's better than anything else this world can ever offer. I think there's something in the scripture. I can't remember it. Brother Kellerman might find it before I leave because that's what he does. <laughs> but, but there's some place, I think, in Proverbs that says, I'd rather have soup with the poor that are godly than steak with the rich that are ungodly. <laughs> and so when you are in a great relationship with someone, it doesn't matter how poor you all are. It doesn't matter if the lights are on or not. It doesn't matter what you're going through. All you know is the person who I deem the best to me, the person who I have the best relationship with, I will go through anything with them. I will be naked with them. I will have nothing with them. I don't care what I have as long as my relationship with them. That's what we ought to strive for. That relationship with Christ. That relationship with Christ. And so he says, I send another comforter. The comforter. Jesus himself is the first comforter. His spirit, the Holy Ghost, is another way we will experience him as comforter. The disciples and the people back in those times, they experienced God in the flesh. They saw him walk about. They experienced God in the flesh as the comforter. But he says, uh, I'm going to send you another comforter. And so he allowed them to experience. It was supposed to, it was coming. The, the, the comforter that will not be God present in the flesh, but they will have the experience with God. They still will experience his presence. And so another comforter, he says, I will send you. The other comforter is the Holy Ghost. The other comforter is the Holy Ghost. I don't know how you process it in your mind and what the Holy Ghost means to you. 
But today, many people are receiving the Holy Ghost. For people that doubt, for people that don't understand, I have to tell you, can I say this? We can't, we can't pick and choose what we will believe in the Bible. Either you believe or you don't believe. Either you believe the whole thing or you believe none of it. We can't pick and choose what we're going to believe. And so when something doesn't work in our life that's in the Bible, we start to try to figure out how we can blame something. There are people today that are walking around that are saying, well, the Holy Ghost is not for today. God says, I'm no respect of person. And if, he's a re- if he says, I'm no respect of person, I have every right to go to God and say, God, how can you give the Apostle Paul the Holy Ghost and I can't get it? I have the right to say that. What are you going to tell me? Anybody smart can tell me what are you going to tell me? When I say, God, you said you're the same yesterday, today, and forever, and that you change not, and you are no respect of persons. If you said that, God, why would you give them the Holy Ghost and we can't get it? Your word is twisted up now. And that's what I mean by there are people that's saying that that's, that was from back then. Well, well, you better stop serving God. Because he said he changed not, and you're saying he changed. You're saying, you're, you're saying back in the upper room when he, when he gave the, the, the Holy Ghost that he did it for them, but he said, nah, 2019, y'all good. Y'all got the internet. Just look on the internet and read some stuff. You good. You good. You don't need that no more. That's how we're walking around because somehow it don't fit into our vernacular because it's not working out for us. So we said, man, that's not necessary. That can't be that important. And all this tongue stuff, I heard it was the devil stuff anyway. Acts chapter 2 verse 17 says this. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And your young men shall see visions. And your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens, I will pour out in those days of my spirit and they shall prophesy. Now, I might not be an apostle. I might not be this and I might not be that. But guess what I am? A servant. Is there any servant in the house of God? Is there anybody that's saying, God, I'm going to serve you, even if it's mopping the bathroom floors, even if it's ushering in the people, even if it's singing to bring your glory. Whatever it is, I am going to be a servant in the house of God. And if I'm a servant, then you promise you will pour out your spirit upon me because I'm a servant of God. Oh, somebody. I'm here to tell you we have good news. God has made us a promise that he will send his Holy Ghost, that he will pour out his spirit. He made a promise and he made a promise to all of us. He made a promise to the people that will be a part of his church. And if you want to be a part of the church of God, God will pour out of his spirit. You will receive his spirit and you will become a part of the body of Christ. 
We ought to show that to people when they say that's that's for that those days. You tell me God only had servants back in those days. There's no servants of God today. All these missionaries that are traveling to all these foreign countries, all these evangelists that's traveling all over the world, all these people that are in the local church serving. You tell me there's no servants. <laughs> I, I pray for people that 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 stop short of the word because it's not being fulfilled in their life. We don't want to do that. If God's word is not being fulfilled in our life, can we just be courageous enough to say, God, what is it? What am I not doing? What do I need to do? Because I know it's not you. You're all mighty. You are perfect. You're all knowing. So it can't be you. It has to be me. Now, Lord, will you show me? Thursday night, we had great Bible study. And um, one of the things we talked about, about prayer, because prayer was the central focus of what we talked about Thursday night. What we talked about is, here is our challenge that we have today more than any other time. We say that we're more busy now than we've ever been. We say that things are moving faster than it's ever moved. And because we've made that claim and kind of live our life that way, the issue now that we have to deal with is we're not hearing from God. Well, preacher, what do you mean? Because we talked about on Thursday that it's important that when you pray, you don't just get up and go about your business. That's a monologue. Monologue is you say something and you keep it moving. Nobody else gets to say anything. Dialogue and interaction, which is what prayer is, interaction, dialogue, it means two people are interacting. And so if you pray and get up, it means you just said your piece and left. You didn't interact. And so we talked about on Thursday night that if we're going to hear from God, what we have to do is pray and then wait upon the Lord. So he can speak, so he can direct, so he can do what he wants to do. We also said it's probably best if we pray less than the time we give God to speak back to us. Because he has more to say than we can ever imagine. So all of our babbling sometimes probably is like, what are we babbling about? We can say all we want. The all-knowing God needs time for us to settle ourselves and he can instruct us in what we need. And so we just use the, uh, we can use a half hour today to say, if I'm praying for a half hour, maybe what I need to do is pray for 10 minutes. And then after 10 minutes, I sit and I wait to hear from the Lord. I, I, I sit and I wait for the Spirit of God to wash over me and to move me. I may start to read the Word of God within that time to see if through His Word He will talk to me. But I need to give Him time to interact. That's relationship. You can't have relationship where you're in control and the other person do nothing. Especially not God. Especially not the one that created. Especially not the one that's all powerful. It's bad enough with your fellow man, but with the one that created. We have to allow ourselves the opportunity to interact. We have to give him the opportunity to love us and to speak to us and to guide us. 
So we're going to hear from God. It's going to take time. And because we said we don't have time, we're not hearing from God. I challenge myself with that. I need to hear from God, and I can't pray and go on my merry way. I have to stay there and sit there to wait for God. I have to allow a relationship to be cultivated. I don't want God to be my boss. God don't want to be my boss. God wants to be in a relationship with me and you. God wants to interact with us. I'll prove that to you how much you want to interact in a second. There is only one thing that will prevent people from receiving the Holy Ghost. I say one thing, but I might break it down in three things here. But it's only, it's only one sentence that I wrote down of one thing that will prevent you from receiving the Holy Ghost. It's not because God is not doing it anymore. That's not going to prevent you because God is still pouring out his spirit. We had Brother Weber preached about our world having a Pentecost. He, he, he preached it in his very church. He preached, he preached in our district that our world is having a Pentecost. And while you may he, be here in New Jersey in the northeast side of America, God is pouring out his spirit all over the world and by thousands and by hundreds and all over the world. People are receiving this great gift of the Holy Spirit all across this world. And so not because we might not experience it right now, he is doing it no matter what. He's pouring out his spirit. Because why? He said that he will. So if we're not receiving it, here is what I say. We are not receiving it because we may not have had the revelation of who God is. Or we have rejected who God is. God is trying to reveal himself to us. And we don't have time. To say, all right, let me pay attention to what God is doing. And so we're not getting the revelation of who God really is. We just, we, what we say, what people like to say, some higher power, the man upstairs. When you hear people say that, don't say anything to them, but you just know they don't know him. That's why they have to refer to him as the man upstairs. That's why they have to refer to him as the higher power. They don't know him. All right. So the bottom line is they can't experience him if they don't know him. So a lot of people, the reason why they have not and will not have received the Holy Ghost is because they have not respond to his revelation or they have rejected his revelation. And if they don't respond to the revelation or reject the revelation, it means that they won't believe. And if you don't believe, then you won't receive. So it first starts with us accepting him for who he is. So as he speaks to us, as he reveals himself to us, we say, yes, Lord. And we accept it because when we accept it now, there's there's this belief that will begin to take place within our spirit, within our soul. And we begin to say, yes, I believe that God. Yes, I believe that God. And by you believing and begin to understand that he is God, it will just cause you to start praying. It will just cause you to start worshiping. And as you start to pray and worship before you know it, he will fill you with his spirit because you responded to the revelation. You never rejected it and you believe the revelation and so you receive the spirit. In every account that you read in the Bible, every person that had a revelation or had an encounter with God, they couldn't just stay the same. Every person that had a revelation or an encounter with God, they began to respond in some kind of way. 
How about the Apostle Paul? Going to, going to Damascus to, to, to try to persecute Christians because he didn't agree with Christians. He thought the way he was living for God was the right way. So he's trying to shut down every Christian person. And on his way to Damascus, the Lord met him on the way and said, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And, 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 and Saul says, who art thou, Lord? And Jesus said, it is I, Jesus. It is I, Jesus. And that just changed his world. Rocked his world. That was just one man. That was just one man that had his encounter with God. And he became the most notable apostle of all the apostles. He wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. Two-thirds of what the church used today was written by the apostle Paul. Some dude that was persecuting the work of God, and God stopped him in his tracks, and his life was never the same. i got to tell you, people, we got to ask ourselves, have I encountered Jesus? I know I come to church. I know I pray. I know I do some things, but have I really encountered Jesus? Because if I encountered Jesus... I got to see some evidence in my life uh, that I'm never the same. I'm not the same. I, I encountered Jesus, uh, whether by his word uh, or by his spirit. Uh, if I encounter Jesus, uh, my life cannot be the same. Uh, I have to look and say, uh, I'm not the same. Uh, I, I'm not what I used to be. Uh, I had an encounter with him, uh, and now I'm different. Uh, I've been transformed. Uh, I don't think the way I used to think. Uh, I don't look the way I used to look. Uh, I don't talk the way I used to talk. Uh, I don't live the way I used to live because I had an encounter with the Almighty God. The one who created and made himself known to us has moved in on me. And I'm not the same. I'm not the same. I can't see things the same way. Oh, God, help us. Help us. Church, I'm pushing you these days a little harder to let you know we can't encounter Jesus and be the same. We can't. We, we like, we, we, we want to, we want to have as whatever the slogan is, have your cake and eat it too. I don't even really know what that means, but we say that a lot. But here is what I'm saying to you. We try to live how we like and still have Jesus. And I have to tell you, if that's what you're doing, you have to say to yourself, I cannot continue that way. God, you're going to have to do something in me because there's no way possible for me to please you and try to do what you want me to do. The Bible says no man can serve two masters. You can't serve yourself and serve God. I know you thought it was the devil only. What it's saying is no man can serve two masters. You can't serve Jesus and serve your flesh. You can't serve Jesus and serve what you like. You can't serve God and what you want if you're doing it to what you're saying is God. I'm like a double-minded man or woman, and I can't be double-minded and serve you. Will you deliver me that I can become single-minded Mind stayed on you. I'm not interested in all this stuff. I'm just not interested anymore because I had, a, I had an encounter with God. Hey, listen to me. And even when I sin, yes, I sin. And even when I sin, I get, I get, I just get really mad at myself. What did you just do? How can you allow yourself to be that way? How can you do that? I beat myself up. 
Because God is in me. Because God is working my life. Because I had an encounter with him. I can't be content when I sin against God. i got to work on getting right. Because I had an encounter with God. If we're going to receive the spirit of God, we have to acknowledge. We have to respond. John chapter 10, let me hasten along. John chapter 10 verse 1 says, verse 1 verse 10 says, he was in the world and the world was made by him and the world knew him not. He was in the world. The world was made by him and the world knew him not. I didn't know him at some point. He was being preached. I didn't know him. His word was here and I didn't know him. Verse 11, he came unto his own. And his own received them not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. So the issue is never God. He came. Here I am. Long way to the Messiah's here. Yeah, I don't know who you are. As a matter of fact, let's crucify you because you're talking about you, you the God of the children of Israel and you working miracles. You probably, let's crucify him. Trying to tell us he's some God. That's what his own did. We rejected him. His own rejected him. We just didn't know him. But as many as received him, because somebody always receiving God. You might not receive God, but somebody's always receiving God. <laughs> you know, that's scary to think. I can sit there and say, eh, well, yeah, yeah, I can make all the excuses in the world, but somebody's not making an excuse. Somebody is receiving God. Somebody is experiencing God. Everyone who receives the revelation of who he is and believe in him can receive the Holy Ghost. God is faithful and able. He keeps every promise he makes. He doesn't need help from anyone to deliver on his promises. God don't need somebody. He, he don't make a promise and says, oh, man, I got to work hard at making sure I keep this promise because I, I don't know. I need some help. Mm -mm. And we have proof of that. Acts chapter 1, verse 4. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father. Which said he, ye have heard of me. So you heard about that promise. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. That just sounds good. Man, God. And so... Today, all over the world, you have some people saying, I'm Baptist. Some people saying, I'm Methodist. Some people say, I'm Catholic. Some people say, I'm Presbyterian. Some people say, I'm this and I'm that. And they go on and on and on. Now, yeah, we say we're Pentecostals. And then we follow the apostolic doctrine. Yeah, that's what we say. And we have evidence of that. I, I'll mess with a lot of people that say, 
okay, I'm this and I'm that. Because you can't find a whole lot of evidence in the Bible to say you're this and you're that. But for what we say we are, we find all the evidence in the world that says, okay, that's legit. Right? I'm Baptist. Why? Because there was a John the Baptist? Right? John the Baptist was a good man. But the Bible says he was a forerunner for Jesus Christ. And so John the Baptist baptized people, but lo and behold, if you go in your Bible and you read in Acts chapter 19, you realize that all those that were baptized by John the Baptist had to get rebaptized. You didn't know that? So if I say I'm Baptist, I still haven't started following Christ yet. (laughs) Did you get that? If I say I'm Baptist, it means I have not followed Christ. I'm following John the Baptist. And John the Baptist is dead and buried. Help me, Jesus. This is not to take a shot at anybody. I'm trying to let you know how how important it is to say who you are. Who you are. You can stand confidently in who you are as an as a Pentecostal apostolic. That's what we are. A Pentecostal apostolic. We are Pentecostal because we experience what God told us we will experience. And we follow the apostolic doctrine because that's what was taught that people applied to their life. So here we go. And so God made the promise. So Acts chapter 2 verse number 1 says, and when the day of Pentecost. Uh huh. So we, we've got something to stand on now because we have a day. I don't know about no other people that say they this and they that. I don't know what day they have, but I know we've got a day. And when the day of Pentecost had fully come, uh, we've got a day, everybody. You need to stand up and square your shoulders and say, I'm a Pentecostal and I'm proud about it because I've got a day. Everybody else that say they're this and they're what day do they have? Now listen to this. That day that's called the day of Pentecost is just so in line with everything. Bob, that's 50 days after Jesus rose from the grave. So we right square dead smack in the plan of God. He rose after he was crucified and buried. He rose. And then 50 days later, we have a day. All of us, I think, except for some other way out there, believe that Jesus died. So we all kind of good at that, right? We believe he rose. But here's the problem. A lot of people don't believe in the day. Oh, God, help us today. They don't believe in the day. They only believe in the burial. They only believe in the resurrection. But they don't believe in the day. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven 
as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting. Oh God, help us today. The day we had, oh, when it started happening, there were people in one place doing one thing. I want to tell somebody something here today. If we could ever come together and be of one people and be of one place, there would be nothing that God won't do among us. There would be no healing that he won't perform. There would be no deliverance that he won't do. There would be nothing that God won't do if we come together, Tony, and we come together as one and we begin to worship the Lord and we begin to praise him and we begin to exalt his name. I'm telling you, I see prison doors being open. I see people that never been to church walking to the church, coming to the church and saying something is happening. Jesus is real. I felt something in my kitchen. I felt something moving. I felt something shaking. It's like an earthquake. Something is happening. Oh, what is it? I'm going to the house of the Lord because something is happening. 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 We have a day. Something is happening. Something is happening. Church, I'm telling you, God is real. He changes not. And something is happening. He's working. He's moving. He's changing things around. He's here to Keep us, deliver us, and save us. Something is happening. It happened on the day of Pentecost. It's happening today. It will happen every day. We will give him our attention. Something is happening because God said it will. Because God promised it would. Something is happening. And there appeared unto them uh, cloven tongues uh, like as a fire. And it sat upon each of them. uh, And they were all. uh, Somebody say all. uh, And they were all. uh, It wasn't nobody there uh, that did not receive the Holy Ghost. Uh, Why? Because they were on one accord. Uh, It was nobody there uh, that did not receive him. Uh, Why? Because they were all uh, on one accord. uh, And they were all uh, filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. That's the Word of God. It may not be something I'm accustomed to. It may not be what I'm familiar with. It may not be what I believe. But if God said it, if His Word said it, then so said God. I want the Holy Ghost, uh, like the Bible says, uh, I don't want the Holy Ghost uh, to make me feel good. Uh, Somebody, can you hear me today? Uh, We're not serving God for people. We're not serving God for us, for for, for people to say, look what's going on. We're not serving God uh, to impress nobody. We're not serving God uh, to pass ourselves off uh, as some great individual. We're serving God because we got a revelation uh, and we understand who He is uh, and we love Him uh, and we want to please him. That's why we're serving God. And we're not going to apologize. We're not going to worry about what nobody else thinks. 
Come on, somebody. You gotta stop letting people dictate how you operate when you come to church. How you praise God. How you worship God. How you live for God. I don't care what anybody thinks. God is able and He's my God. He's my God. He's my God. Something is happening. Something is happening. There's a ground shaking. There's a ground shaking. Something is happening. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Something is happening. Something is happening. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Stand with me, somebody. So let's stand together. Let's, let's stand together. They were filled with the Holy Ghost. They were filled with the Holy Ghost. They, they, they believed God. They, they, they trusted God. They obeyed God. Uh, the Bible says, uh, as they began to speak with tongues, uh, people came about uh, and said, what's going on with them? Uh, are they drunk? And, and the, the apostle Peter stood up and began uh, to preach and says, uh, they're not drunk as you suppose. Uh, but it's that thing that was talked about in Joel when God says, uh, I will pour out of my spirit uh, upon all flesh. They weren't drunk. Oh, God, uh, you know what we need to think about? Uh, because they were looking silly. They were looking silly to the world. The world looked at them and said, what in the world is going on? Uh, they're babbling uh, and walking around uh, and looking like they're crazy. Uh, what is wrong with them? Uh, and Peter began to preach uh, and say, yeah, they're not drunk as you suppose. When are we going to get this thing together where we don't apologize for living for God? Where we don't apologize for how we serve God? I'm not apologizing. I talk with tongues. I worship God. I'm not worried about what anybody says. God has been too good. God has been too kind. God has been too gracious to us. He's been better to us than we can ever imagine. God is working even when we don't see him working. We need to give God praise and thanksgiving for all his goodness. And so, here's the message as we close this thing up. We got to realize... Why God has given us the Holy Ghost. Listen to me, people. God, listen. Oh, my God. You know how much I can go on. I'm so, listen to me. When Jesus walked this earth, Bob, the disciples can gather around him. They can experience him in certain kind of ways. They was able to talk to him. But I don't think everybody could talk to him all at once. Uh, help me somebody. I'm walking in the Holy Ghost, so it doesn't even matter right now. But but everybody couldn't talk to him all at once, Foxy. They 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 just you know they, they were polite people, polite disciples, you know, everybody every once in a while they'll wait till he's free, tiptoe over, hey master, you know, hey, how, what, what does it take for me to become like, you know, the number one man with you? And everybody will come and size him up by themselves. And Jesus, in his word he says, It's better for me. It's better for you that I go away. Let me break some things down. Why it's better? Because y'all won't have to have a line waiting for me. 
we don't we not understanding what this Holy Ghost thing is all about. When, when I'm sure when he walked around, people were lining up, feed me, master. People were lining up, heal me, master. He says, that's a lot, dear. It's better if I go away because I'm going to do something more powerful than me being with you. When I go away, I'm coming back in a different form to you. The form that I'm coming back to you is so much better for you. And so, because then there won't be no line. Because everybody will have me. Everybody will be able to fellowship with me. Everybody will be able to have their own time with me. It will be private. It will be intimate. And it will be me and them when I go away and send myself back by spirit. This is what's so powerful about the Holy Ghost. And we're playing around thinking it's some special things for the high Christians and for the ones that, 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 that's been in church a long time. This Holy Ghost uh, is for those old time Christians. It's only for them. Uh, but for us, we good. Oh, no. God says, I want to be closer to you than I was when I walked the earth. And the only way I can be closer to you is by sending myself back in spirit form. Because when I send myself back in spirit form, all of you can have an intimate, private, everyday interaction with me. And you won't need the preacher. And you won't need nobody to help you because I will be with you every day to help you. And you don't have to depend on nobody but me. And I will help you. You don't have to travel over to Israel. You don't have to travel over to Egypt. You don't have to travel places on boats and planes to try to get to him. Why? Because he says, I have sent myself back in spirit form so I can be with you, so I can indwell in you. And when I indwell in you, you can always have privacy with me. And the message that God is trying to get us to understand is that we live below the desires of God's purpose and will for, for our life because we are ignoring the most important part of our Christian walk. Somebody help me today. We're ignoring the most important part of our Christian walk, which is the spirit of God. We're not relying on his spirit. We're relying on the exterior and outward things to, to help us become who we need to become. But I'm trying to tell you, God wants us to rely on him. Nothing external. He wants us to rely on his spirit. And if we can rely on him and have encounters and experiences with him, we will never be the same again. The Bible says, that he will bring things back to our remembrance. He will guide us through whatever we're going through. How many of us have gone through stuff and we never really, truly put it to Jesus and wait for Jesus to instruct us? How many of us have gone through so many things and we couldn't get it right because we never checked in with Jesus? Oh, pray for me. I'm going through something. No, I ain't telling you pray for me. I, I'm sorry. That sounds just terrible when I say, no, I'm not telling you to pray for me. Yes, pray for me if you will. But when I begin to go through something, I'm getting in my closet, man. I'm, I'm getting someplace where it could just be me and Jesus. And I say to him, God, I'm hurting. God, I'm frustrated. God, uh, I want to be able to overcome my struggles with you. Uh, and you said you will help me. You will guide me. You will teach me. And now I'm going through all of this, God. 
how will I ever get over and deal with it? Can you give me strength at least to make it another moment, to make it another day, and I will wait for you to talk to me, but just give me strength now to make it through. I talk to him that kind of way. Say, help me, Lord. And I wait for him to speak back to me. I'm not waiting on nobody to tell me. I wait for him. And if he wants to send somebody, then thank you, Jesus. But I'm waiting on you, Lord. Wait for him to speak. Because he gave us his spirit. The Bible says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. God has given us his spirit. So no matter who outside, talking about the Antichrist that's trying to deceive us. uh, He said, no matter who will come and try to lie about who I am. uh, You have me in you and I'm the greatest. And so you don't have to worry about being deceived. You don't have to worry about being tricked. You don't have to worry about being misled. Because greater is he that is in you. We need the Holy Ghost in us so we can fulfill our purpose in God. So we can live a victorious life. So we can overcome the challenges and the obstacles that we're dealing with. We need the Holy Ghost. And we need to let him loose. We need to let him work. We need to let him free in our life. We can't just say, I got the Holy Ghost. Can I say this? We can say, we have the Holy Ghost in talking tongues. Oh, God. Listen, the talking in tongues is not the Holy Ghost. Now, you heard me tell you and preach all the time that the, that when we talk in tongues, it's the evidence, but the tongues is not the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is God in you. That's who helps you. So we can talk in tongues all we want, but if we're not depending on who is really causing us to talk in tongues, then it's of no benefit. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I want the Holy Ghost to be in me and work with me uh, and work on my behalf. Uh, God don't want to leave you comfortless. Uh, God don't want to leave you helpless. Uh, and the Holy Spirit is your comfort. Uh, the Holy Spirit is your helper. The Holy Spirit uh, is the one that takes care of you, uh, that leads you and guides you. Uh, and when you feel like you don't have peace, uh, you need to say, God, uh, you're in me. How can I not have peace? Uh, God, you're in me. How can I not feel like it's going to be all right. We got to let the Holy Ghost in and let him out. We got to let him in and let him out. We got to open our mouth and worship God and praise God so we can let him in. And when he comes in, we need to let him out so he can work on our behalf. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Will somebody lift their hand today and receive the Holy Ghost? Will you lift your hands today and thank God for his goodness? Will you lift your hands today and pray God. Uh, let him know uh, oh, how much uh, you think about him. Uh, let him know uh, how great he is. Uh, let him know that you're thankful. Uh, let him know that you're grateful uh, for all that he's done. Uh, will you let out your voice? Uh, will you let out your voice? Uh, will you let out your voice? Uh, pray. Uh, worship uh, and praise. Uh, don't you worry about who's next to you. Uh, who's behind you. Who's in front of you. Uh, pray. Uh, let out your voice uh, and lift it to 
heaven and say, Jesus, you are my God, and I worship you, and I praise you, and I honor you. Oh, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. God, you will not leave me, leave me comfortless. Will you fill me with your spirit today? Will you refill me with your spirit today? Will you regenerate me with your spirit today? Will you renew me and refresh me with your spirit today? God, I'm crying out because I need your spirit to reign in my life. I cannot make it without you. I cannot do this without you. And I call on your name today. Will you help me? Will you help me? Come on, somebody. We want to leave this place changed today. We want to leave this place delivered today. We want to leave this place set free today. This is your day. This is your day. We have a day. And when the day of Pentecost had fully come, will somebody have themselves a Pentecost? Will somebody have themselves a Pentecost? A day of Pentecost? Will you have it right now? Wherever you are, if you're watching us on YouTube, you can have a Pentecostal moment right where you are. Just lift your hands and you will begin to talk in tongues. The Spirit of God will give you the utterance. The power of God will overshadow you. And the strength of God will move all up on you. Will somebody praise Him? Will somebody reach out to Him? Will somebody let out their voice and let God know how much they love Him? Come on, let me hear your voice. Let me hear your voice. Let me hear your voice. The Holy Ghost want to help somebody in here today. The Holy Ghost want to help somebody. You got to just let him work. You got to let him do what he wants to do. You got to yield and say, God have your way. God have your way. God have your way. That's it. Worship Him. That's it. Praise Him. That's it. Give Him honor. That's it. Give Him praise. That's it. Lift up His name. Jesus, your name is great. Jesus, your name is above every name. Jesus, you are glorious. You're marvelous. You're magnificent. Oh, you're amazing, God. We believe you, Lord. 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 Oh, hallelujah. 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 Come on, let's just take a few more seconds and just continue to worship the Lord this morning. Oh, hallelujah. The power of God is in this place this afternoon. Oh, hallelujah.
you, Lord. We need you, Lord. Oh, Lord, no word, oh, God. Oh, hallelujah. Jesus, you alone are worthy to be praised, oh God. Lips of our hearts tonight. Hallelujah. Spirit. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's continue to reach out to God this afternoon. Let's have your personal experience with God this afternoon. Oh, hallelujah. afternoon if you're ready to get baptized in Jesus name this afternoon we can get you baptized in Jesus name oh hallelujah no better time to give your life no better time to get baptized in Jesus name than now so is there someone here in this afternoon that want to give their life to Jesus this afternoon is there someone here this afternoon that is ready to get baptized in Jesus' name? Oh, hallelujah. The Bible says, after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, you shall receive power. And this afternoon you're here. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, praise your name, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. 
Oh, praise your name. Hallelujah. Come on, let's just give the Lord a round of, a round of applause this afternoon. Oh, hallelujah. Let's praise him this afternoon. Oh, hallelujah. We thank you, Lord God. Oh, we praise your name this afternoon. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. 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 Oh, hallelujah. Come on, let's lift, lift our hands. Close our eyes all over the sanctuary and let's just worship the Lord for a few more seconds. We almost dismissed. We almost there. So let's just continue to worship the Lord for a few more seconds. Oh, Father God, we love you, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, for the message this afternoon, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, for using your man's servant this morning, Lord God, to preach out, Lord God, his heart this morning, oh God. Lord God, to preach your word, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God. We ask you to restore him.